Today is January 14th, and the New York Knicks are 6-1 in their last seven games. Also, the deuce is loose. Also, we have some rumors to talk about. Let's roll that intro. Where we've got all your Knicks needs covered. Puts up a three. Bang! Bang! He ties the game! Now, live from the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Anthony and Chris. Knicks Nation, what's going on? I'm your host, Anthony. I'm here joined by Chris. We are back for another live stream edition of the Knicks Nation podcast. This is episode 31 before we get into everything as always chris what's going on man doing good man doing good chilling ready to talk some knicks man how are you feeling feeling great the new york knicks are they're rolling you know we had a little hiccup there in dallas but you know what happens in the nba um you know i kind of put that game on the back burner but you know we bounced back sort of versus memphis it was a sloppy game to say the least but um miles mcbride chris i mean the deuce is loose, you know. Uh, the, the episode is solely based on uh, Dejounte Murray and what you guys think about, uh, you know, a future trade. It looks like the Atlanta Hawks are looking to uh, ship Dejounte Murray, Lakers, Knicks, and whatnot. But Miles McBride has come in here and absolutely shined. He's come in here and dominated, and um, you know he's spelling Brunson about ten minutes. He started last game, pretty much played the entire second half versus the Memphis Grizzlies, and. He played well, Chris. I mean, I think he's shooting about fifty percent from three um, over the la- over the since the trade happened. Obviously, we know what he's going to bring on the defensive end. And um, look, it's just whether or not you want the New York Knicks to stick with Deuce or you know go in another direction. But Chris, your first uh, what do you what have you seen from Miles McBride? Has it been like a shock to you, or just something you something you thought would happen? Mm, you know what? With, with Deuce, I've always seen him. Obviously, he could defend, and that's the thing that, you know, a lot of guys in New York, like a lot of fans in New York get in, you know, anybody that plays solid defense in New York, they become like a fan favorite. But when it comes to Deuce, man, you knew he could defend, but it was always a question, can he hit his shots? Because, you know, the the card on Deuce was basically, he was kind of like an all-around player defense. He could knock down the three, but we never saw him knock down the three at a at a high clip whenever he got a chance, you know? So starting for Brunson, I didn't know what to expect, but man, oh man. And look, I know it was just 19 points and for any other player wouldn't be anything to like really talk about, but, you know, I'm just happy about at the growth from Deuce McBride. You see he's confident. He's taking pull-up jumpers from three, nailing them, and it's it's just awesome. After losing, you know, RJ and Grind and Grind and uh, quickly, it's nice to see another up and coming, you know, homegrown Nick uh doing this thing. Yeah, and like you said, I believe he's shooting about fifty percent from three and it's like automatic kind of, you know. He wasn't he implemented that in his game and you know, I, I like I like I like what I'm seeing, but you know, it's 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 whether or it's whether the fact that you want to stick with Deuce or whether the fact that you know, because still at times the bench unit Chris still looks a little bit clunky. So yeah, you know, trading deadline is about is in about four weeks. So it's 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 going to be you know interesting what the New York Knicks decide to do because if Deuce keeps this up, 
And like you said in the last podcast, you know, Jalen Brunson is probably not going to come up the court in the uh, in the playoffs, but we need to spell Brunson, right? We need to give him a, a, a breather. So, you know, it's it's tough. They just signed him to this uh, three three year extension, Chris, that they signed Mike Mosberg right to, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, he can't be. So so he's he's on the team until September. So um yeah it's 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 uh it's 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 tricky right now. But sh- shout out to Deuce McBride playing well. OG and Anobi is playing you know well a- as well. He had a breakout offensive game a couple of games ago. And uh, one thing I noticed about OG and Anobi is that you know they changed his substitution patterns. Right now he's coming out in the six minute mark, and he's coming back in with the bench unit, and he's actually getting more uses offensively with the bench unit. And uh, he's starting to, uh, you know, be comfortable in the offense. And we're starting to see, you know, him, him starting to be more comfortable and, and look like the OG and OB. He did not close out the, the game versus uh, the last game, the last final six minutes. And I was like, I was like, where's OG and OB? It didn't close. They didn't close with them, Chris. But, you know, the way the game was unfolding. Right. I mean, I'm not too concerned about that right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to think. Like, <laughs> I don't know where to put this Memphis game because yeah. it was probably the sloppiest game I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, look, credit to the to the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, you know, they they came out with the energy they needed to, and they gave us a battle, man. Um, you know, not sure what was going on, on the Knicks side. They just looked sluggish, sloppy, turnovers left and right, which is something we've been seeing every now and then with the Knicks. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe they were just giving OG a breather or something like that. You know, Josh Hart came in and, and, and you know basically took his spot in a sense. Um, I don't know what to, I don't know if I want to put too much stock into that or anything. You know, I just think it was just a sloppy game and Tibbs finished off with those who were playing you know, solid. Yeah. Uh, let's hit some of these comments in the chat. Big Taz and PL, what's going on? Always appreciate the love. Always supporting. Uh, PL says, uh, can't compare the time he's getting now. He used to get garbage time. That's not enough for a young player to develop. He's talking about Miles McBride. Yeah, McBride used to come in garbage time. You know, we really didn't know what to think of Miles McBride. We always knew. I remember last year, the game versus Portland, where he had this breakout offensive game awesome game and now this year he's starting to be more consistent so sometimes it takes you know these young guards a few few years to get their feet wet and you know how Tom Thibodeau is you know you show show him in practice eventually it'll 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 translate until the regular season and now it's translating for Miles McBride uh um but yeah speaking of Josh Hart Chris I mean is it is it me or like sometimes you just like he goes through these weird slumps where he's not scoring, he's not rebounding the ball, and you're just sitting there like, like, what are you doing out there? Like, he, he's just, sometimes he's just a guy out there. I mean, he closed out the game versus Memphis, actually hit a big three to close out the game. But, you know, I don't know, is it It's just me? Or, you know, it's just sometimes he goes through these weird slumps where he's, if he's not doing, like, all the little intangible things that we know Josh Hart to do, it's like, uh, I don't know, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of it's Josh Hart is another one that's that's really I don't know. Again, if we just got spoiled by the impact he had the past season, you know, where he just came in, we went on that 16 straight, you know, game of run. Um, yeah, an amazing defense, you know, hit timely shots all the time. But 
I don't know if we just got spoiled, basically, man, because, you know, he still seems to be playing the same way he's played. You know, he's giving you the hustle. I feel like maybe he's not going 100 percent per se, because, you know, this is not like a playoff push or anything just yet. Yeah. I think there's still another gear he can get to. But, you know, it just becomes frustrating when he's out there and, you know, he gets the ball past him. He's wide open and he hesitates. He doesn't want to shoot the three. He's, you know, yeah. It'll be a swing from one corner to the other corner, and he still hesitates, doesn't shoot it. Granted, against Memphis, you know, he he jacked up two threes without hesitating, which was great. Made one, missed one. But, you know, I think if he did, if he, if he did that more often, I'd be really happy. Even if you miss, you know, they're, they're at least the team knows, hey, he's going to take that shot. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, – PL says exactly. He's just a body out there sometimes. I'm like, why the heck is isn't Grimes on the floor? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, like, he has great games, you know, Josh Hart is obviously the engine off the bench, and, you know, I'm just, just, sometimes I'm just like, bro, like, he's pump faking too much, and I'm just like, ah, um, but yeah. one stat I wanted to bring up to you guys, and then we'll do a couple of channel announcements, and then we'll get into the DeJounte Murray um, trade rumors or whatnot, um, so in six games, I think it's been, what, eight games since the trade, Chris, so in six games, the New York Knicks have had a stretch of five plus minutes of zero field goals scored in every single game. Now, the past two games, I think we got away from that. But when we traded for OJ Nonobi, we in the in, in the first six games, there was five minute stretches of us not hitting any field goal attempts. And most of that had to do with the fact when Brunson sits, that has to do with that bench unit. You know, it kind of gets stagnant. You know, it's either Brunson or Randall. Like, and if Randall's not going. You know, it, it gets stagnant. So that, you know, look, Miles McBride has been playing well, Chris, but that stat, you know, is kind of kind of raises eyebrows a little bit, kind of alarming because we're missing it just shows you we're missing another playmaker. But, you know, you know, what do you what do you what do you think of that stat when I when I just read that thing? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And yeah. then, and then thinking back to the Memphis game and even the game before that, it, it just that's what stood out to me. I'm like, we're just missing that extra punch off the bench. Yeah. You know, basically what we were getting from quickly, you know, that instant type of offense off the bench. And I think, I think that's something the Knicks have to address. You know, that's, you know, not saying again, it has to be DeJounte Murray per se or anything like that, but you know, there's, there's, there's some options out there that the Knicks can definitely look into to get us that, you know, shot creator off the bench that can uh, help spell, some time for Brunson and Julius when they're not on the court. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing I just, I just noticed had in the past couple of games, it hasn't really, you know, we've actually been moving the ball better, but last game versus Memphis, Julius Randle came out and said that he played a crappy game. He actually did play like a crappy game. The turnovers were just awful. And uh, yeah, I was just shaking my head at the TV multiple times, but we won the game. It is what it is. We move on, right? We don't want to look back. Win is a win, right? A win is a win. I mean, Memphis was throwing guys out there that didn't even average 10 points a game out there. And it got dicey. It got dicey. But, you know, even Malachi Flynn in the first half came in, Chris, and he was he actually played well. I was like, okay, Malachi Flynn's playing well. I mean, he's showing out. He's balling out. And then second half. MIA. We didn't see Malachi Flynn at all. But Miles McBride, You know what? I'm I'm happy for Malachi Flynn, you know, getting getting some points up for the Knicks, playing solid that first half, basically, because without those points, where would we have been in that game? 
I know. And I was like, okay, Malachi Flynn playing well. And Precious Achua didn't play in the second half as well. You could tell Tom Thibodeau doesn't trust Achua. So you could tell he doesn't trust Achua. So, you know, this podcast is whether or not the Knicks should go all in for DeJounte Murray, but they could go all in for like another backup big. You know, Mitchell Rob, we had some good Mitchell Robinson news last week that it's looking likely that he will return this season, which would be huge for the New York Knicks. But it's clear that he doesn't trust Precious Achua. That's one thing yeah, I it looks noticed. like every, every other game he's getting less and less minutes. So um, hopefully that's more like something like he's just not, you know, grasping the, the playbook or something like that. But yeah. that's kind of wishful thinking. I've, I've seen I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a um, couple of channel announcements our discord is now open the next nation discord is open i'm in there chris is in there 24 7 game chats we chat with you guys the link is in the description if you guys want to hop in the discord um work been working on that for a while so i appreciate you guys if you were to hop in the discord it's pretty cool you know different you know next chat you know we we were up in there talking talking in, talking about the game in the discord so make sure you guys hit up the discord and and yeah, man. Um, so that's that's kind of fun. Hit somebody's comments. We need a playmaker next to Deuce PL says Jay says if Murray and Trey Young didn't work, it wouldn't it won't work with Jalen Brunson. Um what do you think about that, Chris? Uh I, I could see that side of it. I mean, yeah. just going based off the of the height of Jalen Brunson and I guess Trey Young. The only thing that gets me curious about the pairing of Murray and and uh, Brunson, though, is you know I feel like the Knicks have better defenders than Trey Young did and Murray did in that do in Atlanta. I should say he hasn't moved anywhere, so he's still there. Yeah, you know I think with OG, I think with the way iHeart is playing, you know, eventually if, if Mitch comes around, you know, Josh Hart, Grimes, you know, those are all really solid defenders, and I think that's something that's missing in Atlanta, to be honest. <laughs> Will it make it 100% perfect? Mm, no, but I do think that that could light a fire on the Murray and maybe get him back to his defensive ways. You know, we, he's capable of playing defense at a high level. And if he sees others actually putting that effort defensively, maybe it makes him play defense too. Could be a situation in Atlanta where he's just like, none of these guys defend. They're all turnstiles. I should be a turnstile too. <laughs> if he has that attitude, I don't want him on the team. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. I understand where you're coming from. But, yeah, uh, look, DeJounte Murray's rumors are floating around. Um, so I, I just figured, you know, we talk about them. Obviously, the Lakers are involved. The Knicks name has come up as well. So it's just whether or not what you would give up for DeJounte Murray. Would it be – I have a, a trade proposal that, I, that I'll show you guys here in a bit. But, look, uh, will, will he fit with Jalen Brunson? I brought up maybe he can come off the bench in the last podcast, but I doubt that will happen. I doubt DeJounte Murray is going to come to New York and come off the bench. But if he were to come off the bench, that will be absolutely amazing. But he's attempting like 15 to 18 shots a game, Chris. And when R.J. Barrett and Manuel quickly left, we saw those shots go to Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. So you're bringing in a high, another high usage player in here. How does that make the offense look? You know, he's not really a, you know, a catch and shoot player per se. He can do it, but he's more of a creator. He's more of a like get everyone involved type of player, mid-range assassin and defense he has taken a step back. But like you said, it's whether or not he is engaged this year because the Hawks, I think they just lost to the Wizards, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. So 
they're a mess. They're definitely going to trade DeJounte Murray. Team-friendly contract for Murray. Let's say the Knicks trade for him. Bring him in here. You start him next to Jalen Brunson. Brunson, Murray, OG, Randall, Hartenstein. Does that lineup, in your opinion, make us an Eastern Conference contender? To me, if everything is clicking, if if they mesh well, because I, I do think it'll be, I don't know, because those rotations were, will be very interesting. Because who gets subbed out first? Who gets brought in with the bench? You run Murray with the bench unit, and then you just kind of have to stagger a lot of pieces. But does that make us a contender? You know, that gives us more firepower. But is Murray honestly the the missing piece for this team? Yeah, it's a loaded I mean, it's question. Tough. It's a loaded question. <laughs> it's but. tough because, like you said, if everything is clicking, then obviously you know things went well and they're gelling right off the bat. But you know, with any trade where it's you know two, three guys that are going to be you know that are guys that are used to being you know number one options. Yeah, you know. It always takes time to click. You know I mean, look at look at out in Phoenix, right? You got KD, you got Bradley Beal, you got Devin Booker, one basketball, and they they're not figuring it out, you know. Yeah. So I mean, look, I'm not putting Brunson and you know Dejounte Murray at a level of KD right now, but what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's gonna take time for them to gel. If if a trade like that were to go, do I think it could work? I I do think it could work because think about it. If you bring in somebody like, a, let's say, a Donovan Mitchell in here or anybody for that matter, you know, in the case of Murray and let's say in the case of Donovan Mitchell, those are two guys that, OK, right now you could say they're not playing defense. They're both on the smaller end. It's, it's, it's really like the same thing, in my opinion, you know? Yeah. So. I mean. I think it could work. I think it could work. And it's just intriguing with Murray because he's a younger player. You know, he's on a contract and I'm, I still like the aspect of it where, hey, if it doesn't work, just cut cut the experiment short and try to flip them for something else. You know, there's going to be plenty of teams that are going to want DeJounte Murray, you know. Yeah. And will you recruit the same value that you gave, you know, gave away for him? Probably not, but you'll still get something of value. Yeah, I'm looking at his uh, field goal attempts in his games that he's recently played. 15, 18, 18, 20, 19, 18. So, you know, those were kind of what R.J. Barrett were attempting. I think R.J. was sort of in the teens, like like 15, 16. Bringing a Murray, efficient player, more efficient player. And like Big Tass says, you can run him on the bench like R.J. Barrett did so it brings us another playmaker with at times you know the new york knicks are really missing you know miles mcbride has come in here and done a great job in the minutes that he has played but you know he's not really that playmaker i mean i'm not saying murray is but he can create his own shot like off the dribble murray can make things happen out of dead possessions which is what we're missing you know which is what we've seen we've been missing you know when julius randall is dribbling and spinning and turning the ball over and having one of those randall games Hasn't had, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, he's been great this year, but I'm just saying when he's not, when he's not hitting on all cylinders, like, like in the Memphis game and when Brunson is, is, is cold, we, we kind of saw it versus, versus Dallas, Chris. I mean, Randall kind of stepped up there in the, in the uh, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, Brunson kind of, I mean, he finished with 30, but we kind of saw like the offense was, was just something missing at times. So you bring in a Murray here and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like the fit and I like the aspect of, you know, if it doesn't work, you give it a year or so, then you go around, you turn around next summer and you can always flip him on a team friendly contract. You know, nothing too crazy, nothing too out of this world. He becomes another valuable trade chip because I saw something interesting that Bobby Mark said. So Evan Fournier has, it's not an expiring deal. He has, a, I think he has a team option again this coming summer. So if the New York Knicks don't trade him, they decline the team option. Who are those tradable assets next year going to be for the New York Knicks to, you know, gain another player? Is it going to be a Josh Hart? You know, um, Dante DiVincenzo. Do you really want to trade those guys? I don't know. Or the New York, do do the New York Knicks actually pick up Evan Fournier's option and simply have him sit on the bench again and just use him <laughs> as another trade chip? That to me is crazy. You're going to pick up eighteen million dollars for nothing. That like that, that to me is absolutely crazy. So that's another avenue you could look at because the, the Fournier contract. So yeah, with Murray. You can always flip them. I like the fit. I don't know, man. I feel like I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's the, that's the trade that I actually want to happen. And I know there's been reports saying, you know, oh, before you know the Knicks acquired OG, the Hawks actually wanted a first round pick and Emmanuel quickly for Dejounte Murray. Yeah. So now with that news out there, it's like, oh man, we could have had Murray. And possibly OG as well, if somehow the Knicks were able to be, you know, able to keep Emmanuel quickly instead of adding him in the OG trade. But OG trade. Um, but I like Murray, man. I I, I kind of hope we could do a trade and get him in here, man. I just Tibbs will find a way to get them to mesh. He will find a way. Hit some of these comments before I hit up this mock trade. I'll ask you guys in the chat if you guys like this. If you guys like this, um, just say yes in the chat or no in the chat. But Pokemon says Evan Fournier, Grimes, and a first. Um, Jerome, what's going on? I think they should go all in for Mikel Bridges, see if they can get him for four picks and Grimes. Big Taz says Murray would have to buy in. LV, always supporting in the chat. What's going on? When Brunson is not in the lineup, we look like a totally different team like night and Day versus the Memphis Grizzlies, the Knicks had 13 turnovers in the first half. It was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. You know, McBride had a good game, but it was it was a tough watch, man. It was a, it was definitely yeah. a tough watch. Just couldn't hold on to the ball for whatever reason. It was like just when you think the Knicks are about to start making a run, turnover, turnover, turnover. Yeah. Um, Keith says if we get Murray and it doesn't work, could we then trade him for Spider? Yes, I brought that up as well. We could. We're, we're starting to get, you know, the Knicks, you know, Monica McNutt came out and said that she doesn't like the fit with, with, with a Spider Mitchell. I don't know. Um, so you have that avenue as well. But right here we have DeJounte Murray heading to the New York Knicks. The Hawks receive Fournier, Grimes, and two first-round picks. What are you doing, Chris? You hitting accept on this deal. Grimes is going. That stinks. Fournier is going. I mean, it's 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 a given. Then you have that 2024 Detroit first-round pick. I believe it's one through 11 protecting next year, and Detroit has a bunch of cap space that they're willing to spend, hopefully, next year. So, And then you have our 2025 first-round pick going to the Hawks for DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I mean, um, it sucks to lose Fournier in this trade. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm de- I mean, I'm definitely doing this, man. I, I Again, I, I'm a Quentin Grimes fan. You know, I know he's been doing a little bit better as of lately. 
not giving up on the kid, but yeah, I just I just like Dejounte. There's just the idea of having Murray and at, at least what I think might play out if we were able to get him. Um, you know, it's it's just too good of an opportunity in my opinion. You know, this is a, a young player who who could be dynamic on both ends of the court if he's engaged defensively. That's you know, I'm willing to take that risk. Dejounte Murray, you made me look up his age. He's 27, so he kind of fits with the timeline. Um, yeah, if, if I would. I would do this trade as well. You know, it stinks. It stinks. The only person that stinks to leave is Grimes. And we talked about these first round picks. We got to do something with these first round picks. And DeJounte yep. Murray is essentially, he's worth that. You know, good contract. These first round picks, he's worth it. Grimes, it stinks to see you go. But then you would bring it in a DeJounte Murray. You have to open up some shots somewhere. And then ship Quint Grimes to Atlanta. He'll start like, you know, we did with. Manual quickly, manual quickly starting in Toronto now. And uh yeah, you you essentially have a lineup of Brunson, Murray, OG, Randall, and the big guys down low. Hopefully we can get Mitchell Robinson back and then we just go from there. And I like it. You know, I I, I like at, at this point, you know, we see what we have in the playoffs, we see where this brings us in the playoffs, and then summertime, we reevaluate, we reset, and uh we just go from there. Uh, let's see if any of these people in the chat like this. LV says, I would do that deal, but I hear Atlanta would want more picks. That two from Murray. Yeah, I gave them two first-round picks. Three. Would you give them three? Honestly, again, with the news that just came out recently that uh, the proposed trade was Atlanta wanted Emmanuel quickly and a first-round pick, I would probably take one of these first back, you know? I'd probably do a, a Grimes, Fournier, and maybe the 2025 first round pick, you know, something like that. Because um, it looks, I mean, I don't know. It looks like Murray, you know, they're not going to get the three picks they gave up for him, you know, back. No. In my opinion. And if they wanted Emmanuel quickly, who, again, I know, really good player, future star of, in the making, in my opinion. What do you think about that? You know what? Murray for quickly and a first. That's what I, they wanted. Look, if they were going to, obviously, they were going to trade him. I would have done it if it meant getting somehow OG yeah. and Dejounte Murray. I would have, I would have bit for Murray. Yeah, so you know, I don't know if Atlanta will haggle over another pick, but somebody in the chat said, "Yeah, we do own a Detroit first round pick, but it just has a bunch of protections on it. This year, I think it's one through eighteen. Doesn't convey yeah. the next year. It's like one through fifteen, then one through twelve. So we own their first round pick, and if it doesn't ever convey, it turns into one second round pick. So I don't know if I'll give them three first round picks because I I, I value Quentin Grimes as a first round pick. I really do. So you're essentially giving them. I think he's controllable for another year. So you're essentially giving them three firsts in this deal. You know, see what you have in Grimes. Once again, he had the opportunity to start here, but it just didn't work out for Grimes. But I like Grimes. You know, I look, this is not me just saying like, oh, bye Grimes. I don't want to see you in New York. I, I mean, I like him, but, you know, to get Murray, you're going to have to give up. So um, Big Tass says, yes, send the proposal to Leon Rose. Um, <laughs> um, LV says, yeah. would, you know, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to, you know, echo that same sentiment. I mean, we, we're going to have to, you know, these are our trade chips. You know, we got yeah. rid of uh, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett to get OG Ananobi. And the most logical pieces after that would be Quentin Grimes, you know. Um, yeah. It's going to be a piece if we want to get, a, you know, one of these guys like a DeJounte Murray. 
Elvis says, would you give up four picks for him? Oof, I'm not doing that. No, no four way. Four first-round picks for Murray? No <laughs> nope. I, the only way I'm like, oh, no. I can't see the New York Knicks trade four first-round picks unless they're like our crappy picks, like our protected picks. I mean, would that even work if we just give picks, four picks? Could we? I don't think so, right? It would have to be like, uh, what, Fournier included in there? Yeah, it has to. Yeah, Fournier. and But why would Atlanta do that, you know? But yeah. I just threw in Grimes to sweeten the pot a little bit. But um, Would yeah, you go- do three picks and Fournier? <laughs> you keep Quentin Grimes? I tried fitting in. You know who I actually tried fitting in? I actually tried fitting in Clint Capella for uh, Clint Capella, DeJounte Murray for this is going to thing, Mitchell Robinson and um, Quentin Grimes and a bun- and like one pick, but I was, it didn't work. And I was like, nah, I don't want to. This feels wrong. I don't want to ship out Mitchell Robinson. It's funny because I think I was uh, trying a similar trade, except uh, it worked with iHeart. Which obviously we don't want <laughs> to give up. Yeah, at that point, why would you do that? You know. Yeah. At that point, just just don't do it. But um, <laughs> LV says, yeah, Grimes is playing less minutes like IQ was before he was moved to Toronto. So the Knicks were making plans on moving him. Feels similar with Grimes. Um, yeah, and in terms of Grimes, you know, it's not like we can sit here and say like he never got his opportunity. Like we can we said with Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly. Never really got the opportunity in New York. But I, I feel like Grimes is, you know, eventually, I feel like he still has more room to develop. Like, I love Grimes' game, man. I mean, I was very high in him coming into the season. We've even seen it these past eight games since the trade. He's actually been, you know, he's been okay. He hasn't been bad. So what are your thoughts about Grimes? Like, what do you feel? What, are, what is kind of your feeling about the whole Grimes thing. Do you do you feel like if if they were to trade him, would you be would you be you know? I guess I can say hurt. Yeah, I mean it would it would sting just as much as uh, quickly leaving for me. And you know, with with yeah. Grimes, the thing is he played so well the past season. You know, like he was trending in the right direction. So it was only natural this season again, starting with the with the starting unit. You'd figured he's just gonna pick up where he left off and hell even get better. You know, he was he showing us more of his playmaking, you know, showing that he's more of than just a spot up three point shooter. But for whatever reason, it just never happened this season. And then it led to him coming off the bench. And seems like now he's trying to find, you know, he's finding his his rhythm. But something something about Grimes seems off to me, man. It's just like his defense is not quite where it was. And I can't pinpoint what it is. But, you know. I don't know, man. I, I just think he's kind of taking a little bit of a step back, and I don't want to give up on the kid. But yeah, again, if if we want to get better, we want to get these these big pieces in here. Yeah, you're gonna have to give up some of these young guys, unfortunately. Yeah. So that was one proposal. Um, do I see the New York Knicks going down that route towards you know trading for a possible Dejounte Murray? Look, they've been interested. Like they were in OG and Obi. We're starting to hear some rumblings coming from, you know, the media saying the Knicks are still interested in Murray, still trying to gauge what Atlanta's interest is. They still think they have enough pieces to get, you know, another deal done. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you do that, like your bench would kind of, then your bench would kind of be, then you would really have their, have to stagger 
right? Because if you're if you're shifting if you're if you're trading away a Quint Grimes, that's one less guy coming in off the bench. So your bench is only Dante and Josh Hart as your guards, and obviously you're gonna cycle between Murray, Brunson, and whatnot. But that's where I'm like, I don't know. Can we can we survive with the bench like that? So I actually that's where I actually think the DeJounte Murray trade could actually work, in my opinion, because, look, you start Brunson, you start Murray together, OG, and then you got, you know, who who are you putting at the four? uh, Julius and then uh, IR, right? Yeah. Then from there, Tibbs can go about his staggering role. Give JB some rest. You're going to move Murray, you know, to the point guard spot. Give Julius some rest. Then you got. Murray out there with, you know, DiVincenzo or uh, Josh Hart, OG Ananobi. I think you could piece it together. Then you got Murray taking over, playing a more natural position, which is point guard. Yeah. And being the focal point, per se, you know, playing alongside OG Ananobi, who doesn't need the ball in his hands, can still spot up at the corners. Mm -hmm. I think it could work, man. I really think it could work that way. You know, you just... Put Murray in, put Jalen Brunson, let them start. And if they're not meshing too well, then just stagger them. And that, I think that solves the problem right there to an extent. Yeah, because your you're starting five would essentially be, you know, dare I say elite, you know, because then you would have five players like that are awesome. <laughs> you would have Murray, who's a 20-point-per-game scorer, Brunson, who's an all-star this year, OG will does what he does, what does best, fit like a glove, play defense, hit shots. We saw him create a little bit versus Memphis, which I actually liked. We didn't really see, you know, that OG and an OB since he got acquired here. But, you know, it's starting to come for OG. Then you have Randall and Isaiah Hardenstein. But, yeah, you know, you can stag. It's going to be, you know, the first man off the bench probably be Josh Hart. And then, obviously, like Chris said, you can stagger. But, uh uh, Pokemon says Atlanta, Evan Fournier, Grimes, two first, New York, Murray, and then Sadiq Bay. Would Atlanta give us? I don't think. Why would Atlanta give us Sadiq Bay? You know, I like Bay. I don't think they'll give us I mean, Bay. I I think Atlanta's just said. You know, I think it was reported they're doing a fire sale. Basically, anybody yeah. not Trey Young and I think uh, Johnson. You know, out, outside of that, everybody's available. So maybe they're just trying to shed salary. Sadiq Bay and Nova Mafia. That's that's a you know I like I like Sadiq Bay too. Yeah, I think he'd be great off the bench for us. LV says not really. This is easy. Dante would come in for Murray in the first to start the second quarter. You would have Murray running the point guard with the second unit and Dante and Grimes. Dante Grimes OG. Well, Grimes won't essentially be here if he gets shipped out, but. Yeah, I, I understand it. Like, which is why I like the Murray trade. Like, I like I like the Murray trade. If we were to get Murray, then I I still think the New York Knicks. Like, we we got great news from Mitch from Mitchell Robinson saying that he hopefully will be available. But I still think we need a backup kind of big because, like I said earlier, I don't think Precious. I mean, versus the Dallas Mavericks, he tried throwing a. I don't know. If, did you see this? He landed on the floor, and he tried throwing. My man throw a backwards pass to nobody. I was like, bro. Watching too many Jokic uh, highlights, man. That's what happened there. I was like, <laughs> I was laughing for a good like five minutes. I couldn't believe that. So I don't think Top Thibodeau trusts Precious Atua. Um, so I do think the Knicks will be in the market for a backup four or five-ish. But yeah, 
very rumors in the uh in the air um i also want to wanted to bring up a poll that i brought up on twitter chris and it got um 1700 votes so but i said the date is april 4th and mitchell robinson is ready to return to action isaiah hartenstein is still playing at a high level what would you do would you start mitchell robinson or would you keep starting isaiah hartenstein those in the chat you can shoot you can you can uh, chime in as well. I think I know where you're gonna go. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. gonna keep starting Hartenstein, man. <laughs> I mean, look, he's if he continues playing the way he's playing and it goes through the end of the season and and you know we get Mitchell Robinson back. I mean, one that's amazing if we get yeah. Mitchell Robinson back, you know, towards the end of the season, and then two. You're, you're then afforded the the opportunity that, hey, you don't got to just throw Mitch into the fire right away. You can, you know, take it easy with him, kind of ease him back into things because, you know, you got iHeart there. So that's that's a no-brainer to me. Um, you know, will it cause any – you think it will cause any issues with Mitch? I don't I don't think so. You Those know, two guys are close, you know. I couldn't see it. They are, but Mitch came out last week saying that, you know, he wants to take a break from social media. So I do think it's starting to get at him. You know, I do think it's starting to eat at him because obviously we've had Mitchell Robinson and his social media, you know, since he's been a Nick. So I do think it's starting to get at him, but I do think he's happy for Hartenstein. But yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Hartenstein, especially Mitch coming off ankle surgery. You don't really, you know, kind of want to mess with that as well. But I'm sticking with Hartenstein. You bring in Mitch off the bench and then, you know, at that point, does it really matter? But I just like the way the offense looks, you know, with Hartenstein and Blockenstein, man. Dude blocks everything. Now he's grabbing yeah. like 20 rebounds a game, <laughs> like, which is crazy. Insane. Insane. Like, he's just on a whole nother level, man. And and thank, and thank God, because we needed it, man. With yeah. Mitch gone, it was looking bad at first, but shout out to iHeart, man. He's, he's again, if he continues playing like this, he's going to get paid. Yes, he will. Kind of reset the room a little bit. The New York Knicks are 6-1 and one in their last seven games. I think we have the magic coming up, Chris. Brunson is questionable, right? So Questionable. 6-1 and one in our last seven. The new year has done great wonders for the New York Knicks. We open up our Discord channel. So if you want to hop in there, I'm in there. Chris is in there. We chat about the New York Knicks. We game chat. Um, that link is in the description. Hop in the Discord channel. And uh, so I would appreciate if you guys do that. But yeah, Knicks are rolling. And we have a bunch of, I think, 12 out of the next, what, 14 games are in Madison Square Garden. Bunch yep. of home games coming up. So it's time to get fat off these victories, man. Home cooking. It's home cooking time. The it's, Knicks the Knicks have played well at MSG. So like you said, it's time to get that home record looking great. Yeah. Uh, bah, 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 just catching up on these comments. Sorry. Big Taz says, I would actually prefer Mikel over DeJounte, but there's no way that the Nets would trade with the Knicks, which is sad. Uh-uh. Yeah. I would love to see that, man. But, you know, that's just, I would like to say never say never, but <laughs> I feel like that's a like a really good, like, never. Don't you think at that point it's like, all right, it's a little bit too excessive. Like, we have the whole Nova squad on our team. So, and plus the Nets yeah, are. They're all good players, man. Yeah. You're telling me Mikel Bridges? Come on, man. Plays both, you know, both ends, offense, defense. 
I mean, that would be a scrappy, scrappy team, man. It would, but I, I just feel like it's not it's not really what we you – know, we can always use a Mikel Bridges. Like I, I mean, yeah. but – it's just something that you know we're we're going to wish for, but like you said, I don't. I doubt that the Nets are going to trade with us. Not but, not only that, we got we do got OG now, so I yeah. feel like the fit kind of is. I mean, look, you could always use guys that defend and, and can shoot, right? But you know, in my opinion, I think a Dejounte Murray would just be so much better at this point in time for us. Yeah, Jerome says that the DeAndre Hunter would fit well with us. Uh, I don't really. Because we got OG now, you know? We got OG locking in. He's playing like 35 to 38 minutes a game, OG. So, you know, we really do need another playmaker and maybe a backup for Forish, you know? Someone to, someone to spell Randall and Isaiah Hardenstein until Mitchell Robinson hopefully can return. Because, like I said, don't know if Precious is the answer. But, you know, Precious has his moments as well. He could hit the three, you know? He's he's a stretch Forish. He's kind of a... Yeah, yeah. Whether whether he lost favor with Tibbs already, that's another question. Because once you get you know into that black hole, there's there's no coming out pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't come in the whole second half along with my. I didn't I didn't understand Malachi Flynn not coming out, but I, I get it with the Deuce McBride. I guess Thibodeau just wanted him to have his moment. So, um, yeah, we opened up with Miles McBride. He's been playing well, obviously. And we 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 uh, asked the question: Do the New York Knicks go in another direction? Trading deadline is in about four weeks. Um, I think Chris here, you put in the notes that Buddy Heald is also available for a first round pick. Um, I don't I don't know because he's I don't know I don't because he's just another you know Dante right? Or I, don't, I mean I mean he shoots the ball really well. Obviously, yeah. you know that Dante's obviously going off for us. But, I mean, you know, there's a lot of teams clamoring for a Buddy Hill type, you know. He, I don't know if um, maybe that's a lesser move in the sense of, like, getting somebody like a Brogdon, per se, or Jordan yeah. Clarkson or something like that. But, you know, somebody who I don't think necessarily you'd have to start. Maybe he's another guy who can, you know, play off the bench. But does he really move the needle for us? Uh, I'm not sure. But... Nah. Shooters, you know, shooters are always welcome, and Buddy Buddy Hield can shoot it with the best of them, man. But what do we have this year, Chris? Shooters. We got them shooters on the squad. Dante is shooting nearly 45% from three. I think he is shooting 45% from three. Brunson, 44%. You know, OG, 44% from corner three. You know, I wish Josh Hart would, you know, actually start started to get going here shooting-wise, but... I'm not touching Buddy Hield. You know, I don't. I don't like that fit. But I, I feel like you know, it's whether it's a, we need like a, like someone like, you know, like sort of like what the Clippers have in Westbrook. Someone he, I think he plays like ten minutes, twelve minutes a game, coming in off the bench, just doing playmaking, doing scrappy work, like a Westbrook, someone like that. You know, yeah. to come in and do a little th- thirty things. Definitely playmaking. Definitely some shot creation. That I think the same. That's exactly what we need. Yes, uh, but, but, but Big Tass says the backup four could be Sadiq Bay. If you want to call Atlanta and try to work that out, but then, you know, the trade that I brought up, obviously it has Dante Murray come to New York. I, I don't see them wanting to give up a Sadiq Bay in, in a package with a Dejounte Murray. But then again, Atlanta is doing, they, they're, they're selling off their whole team, except Trey Young, you know. So everyone's available except Trey Young. So yep, 
they yeah. they basically want to get rid of everybody. I think uh, I forget the, the the first name, but Johnson is they they want to keep and they want to keep Trey Young, obviously. So I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Look, I wouldn't be shocked if you know they try to package you know Murray with uh you know Sadiq Bay, maybe even Capella. You know, I think they're gonna do whatever they can to get the best return possible, <laughs> and that's the Hawks. That is. Yeah. So. Um... LV says, I love Deuce, but not a playmaker to orchestrate the offense. So we need someone to play next to Deuce to orchestrate the offense. Yeah, look, if we bring someone in here, Deuce can still play. You know, he can still play his spot minutes. You know, not as much as he's playing now, I don't think, especially if you're bringing in the Jante Murray in here. I don't think Deuce would play as much as he's playing now. But, you know, playoffs time, you know, when Tom Thibodeau loves to crunch the rotations, don't think that will work. But I'm just saying, you know, the way Deuce has improved, the way Miles McBride has improved this year, his three-point shot, automatic, but the playmaking still needs work. Not to say that he can't do that. He could always grow into doing that. But I love what I'm seeing from Miles McBride, but it's just whether or not you feel like that will translate to the playoffs. You know, will that translate in a series versus the Miami Heat, you know? But, hey, I guess there's only one way to find out. It's if you <laughs> stick with him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's only one way to find out. But, you know, in my opinion, you, you still got to make a move. And look, at, at worst case scenario, it's a, it's a nice little insurance to have. You got somebody induced that, you know, he's going to give his all out there defensively. And, you know, he could still hit, you know, he could hit offensively. Yeah. Will it, will it be, you know, as smooth as you want it? No. It might look sloppy at times, clunky. But you know what? He's getting the job done, and he's only going to get better and better and better as time goes on. So you want them to make a move? I do. We got to make a move. <laughs> we got to make. So you want you? We have. We got to make a move. I think this is the time to do it, man. So what? If, I mean, what if trade deadline comes and goes? They're like, we're good. We like our squad. We like McBride. We like the steps he's taken. We don't want to mesh up. Kind of the chemistry. What do you do at that point? You know, do you at that point as a fan, you had just have to be like, all right, we'll see what happens. But, you know, at that point, you you what else do you got to say? You got to say, let's see what how it plays out. But to yeah. me, that would tell me, you know, kind of two things. We're either going to wait to see who's the next disgruntled star, per se, and try to make a run at them somehow. Or we're looking to get Donovan Mitchell. You know, that's that's what that would say to me. Yeah. Um do they have to make a move? I feel like another move is, 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 um, is coming. I I do, but I just feel like it's like for like a piece of the, whether that's a Brogdon, you know, we, we talked about Brogdon last podcast, but he's making what 20 million, I think following this year. But then again, Bobby Marks brought up the fact that, you know, if you just let Evan Fournier's contract expire, like who are your trade pieces at that point, you know, to get in another player, to get in another playmaker, you essentially your your trade pieces would would be what you know Mitchell Robinson and the Grimes, which are two great trade pieces, but you know this Fournier contract it just you know if they if they were to pick up his option to just have a contract on the books to be tradable, it just it, it's like an icky situation for me. Like I don't I don't I don't like that, but then I get it at the same time. But you know Fournier came into the season. Talking 
all that mess, right? He was taking shots at everybody, but he hasn't, he's been cool since the season started. But yeah, that's another avenue you got to uh, think about as well. Fournier contract. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even going back to Josh Hart, man, do you, do you think the Knicks would entertain, you know, trading Josh Hart after we, you know, signed him to that deal? Because, I mean, if you look outside of Fournier's contract, you look outside of Grimes, really, what are the other trade chips, right, to to make a, a move? I think right now. Can, you know, for a big trade. I think right now, DiVincenzo is about more valuable than Josh Hart. You know, and DiVincenzo is, what, 50 million? And Josh Hart is 94 million? So I think right I would want to keep Devo, man. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. Everybody thought that contract was was crazy, and he's he's literally shooting shooting the lights out of the ball and, and outplaying that contract, in my opinion. The way he's he's just fit with us so well. Yeah, in terms of, I feel like a we we saw some stretches with Josh Hart, and he, obviously he hit a big shot versus the Cavs in the playoffs. But I, I feel like that's where he's going to. That's where we're going to need him the most. You know, sometimes this yeah. year you're, you're staring at your TV. You're, He's, he's pump faking. He's missing threes. He's not grabbing rebounds. You're like, Josh Hart, bro. Like, come on, do something. Give me something. But sometimes he just, ah. But LV says, question, do you guys feel comfortable playing Deuce now with the second unit if the playoffs started tomorrow? Oof. Ah. You want to go? I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, again, we know we know Deuce is gonna play defense, and you know he should be able to hold his own. Yeah. But the playoffs is just another bear altogether, man. I mean, I mean, if you're telling me he's gonna continue shooting the way he's been shooting, maybe not going four for four, or five for five, you know, or anything like that, but just consistent shooting. Yeah. I'd feel pretty comfortable getting getting Deuce out there for you know ten. 10 minutes or so spotting, you know, Jalen Brunson some rest because, uh-huh. you know, going back to the playoffs, uh, prior playoffs, you know, Jalen Brunson basically never left the court. So, yeah, I, I could see Deuce for like a good 10 minutes. But, again, it depends how his game is trending until that point, in my opinion. Playoffs started tomorrow. Would I be comfortable playing Deuce? Um, part of me says yes. Part of me says no. You know, especially with guys available that you can go out and get, you know? Yeah. If if there wasn't anyone available, then I understand the New York Knicks not. I mean, I understand the New York Knicks believing in Miles Bride and giving him an opportunity. But, you know, when you have Murray available, Brogdon, um, who else? Tyus Jones. I'm just throwing out names here. But, um, you know, then I would think the New York Knicks are doing their due diligence and you know scouring the market to see what else is out there so and then uh Manning brings up a good point that we haven't touched on Chris he says Brunson played extremely well with Luca playing off ball as a shooting guard so when Brunson was in Dallas he played off ball a lot so you bring Murray in here kind of the same thing you know yeah and that's that's a great point because yeah. I mean, something that did pop up into my head for whatever reason. Um, but amazing point simply because, look, if you can play with basically one of the most highest usage players and you were still effective and they were still effective, and not only that, it wasn't a bad fit where you had Luca, 
the past season saying he misses Jalen Brunson. I mean, look, if that can coexist, that's why I feel like Jalen Brunson can coexist with pretty much anybody, in my opinion, because he really doesn't need to have the ball in his hands. You know, if it was up to, let's say Murray comes over and he needs the ball in his hand, he's a better creator than Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson has no problem letting Murray do his thing and create because at the end of those passes, Brunson's probably going to get a few open looks, you know? I, th- I think it could work, man. I really do. And and with this point brought up by Manning, I mean, even more fuel to that fire. You know why I think it could work? Because who did Jalen Brunson play so well with in the past couple of seasons with the Knicks? <laughs> Emmanuel Quickly. Brunson and Emmanuel Quickly worked. I was going to eat. I was even going to say R.J. Barrett. (laughs) Quickly. Brunson and Quickly played extremely well together on the court. I think their plus minus is something out of this world. It's crazy. Quickly, we saw Quickly with the the main ball hand there was absolutely playing at a high level with Brunson. So you bring in a Murray here. That's why I know they could work. So, yeah, Yeah. they could work, man. I just I, I just want I want that trade to happen. I really just like whether it works or not, I want that trade to happen just to see because I have a feeling that, you know, it's not going to be as bad as people think. Yeah, I know the whole dynamic with Trey and, and, and Murray right now, but I just think there's a different dynamic when it comes to the Knicks. <laughs> could be wrong, but that's what I think. Yeah, could be. Um, bah, bah, bah. All right. So. How many people? 51 people in here. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel. Appreciate every single one of you. As always, every week we do live streams at 930 on Sunday evening. Um, How about them Cowboys, by the way? How about them Cowboys? Um, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) New York Knicks are. They play the Orlando Magic. Brunson is questionable. Six and one in our last seven games. Obviously, McBride has been playing well. Um, we opened up this podcast pretty much just, you know, giving McBride his flowers, giving the, the whole squad their flowers. Had a little hiccup there in Dallas, but it happens. It's the NBA. Give them sort of a, a, a pass. But, um, you know, the Memphis game got kind of iffy there during the uh, first half. But second half is when the New York Knicks started to really lock in. Saw OG and Anobi create off the dribble a lot more, which is great. Um, but, but yeah, OG and Anobi has been solid for us i think he has the, the highest plus minus ever to start um the f- his first seven or eight games with the team chris and it's just he's such a good player for us man he's such a good player for us i mean like we said his offense will come and then he had that great offensive game i mean i think he's dealing with the elbow issue if you see him like flexing a little bit dealing with sort of an elbow issue so his three-point shot has taken kind of a step back in these last couple of games but you know not concerned about that but chris og man have any more OG man I, I look he's getting he's getting blocks now he, he's showing yeah. his full his full game per se and yeah. um did see that elbow and that's that's my only concern right you know yeah. he's had a little bit of a history of being being injured and you know maybe that's part of the reason why he didn't you know finish that game but um you know ho- hopefully he stays healthy man because his impact defensively you know, we're going to need it down the stretch of the season. And look, he's showing you a little bit offensively. He didn't get the chance to really do much offensively in Toronto. Maybe not the way he'd wanted to. So with the Knicks, he's going to get a higher usage. And I can't wait to see, you know, what 
what else he can do offensively other than uh, hitting those corner threes. Yeah, for sure. Big Tass says, can we talk about what Carmelo Anthony said about R.J. Barrett? Carmelo Anthony, I think a couple of days ago on his podcast, said he was a bland player. And it kind of like, I was like, damn, Melo, you want to go there? But um, <laughs> I kind of, you know, I get it. Because sometimes R.J. put up these empty stats, you know, so I get where Melo was going. And then what the funny thing is, I think R.J. put up, what, four points? He said sometimes R.J. can have 26, sometimes he can have four. Literally the yeah. next game, RJ comes out with four points. So, look, Melo, whether you agree or whether you don't agree, I just feel like he's starting his podcast. He's trying to get views to it. But I understand where he's coming from, and I get it. You know, he said he was a bland player, and shots fired at RJ Barrett. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it was taken out of context, you know, yeah. for, for the most part. But, you know. That, that's what happens, right? You say something a little bit controversial. They're going to clip the bad part. They're not going to clip whatever kills the sizzle first per se. But yeah, but I, I could get it, you know? I mean, look, it used to be said a lot about RJ. He doesn't have a bag. All he can do is go downhill, you know, no jumper, no no real creation per se. But, you know, one thing you, you can't knock RJ for is just, you know, his 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 – his heart, man. He, that dude, yeah. ball, you know, tried his best every single night. And, you know, I just think the whole Carmelo thing is just getting blown out of proportion, man. He was just basically saying, look, his game wasn't flashy. Yeah. But overall, it got the job done most nights, right? Whether there were empty stats or not. Look, I mean, he's doing a pretty good job in, in Toronto, you know, and that's, that's a dude I'm always going to root for, man. You know, he... He did help the Knicks get to where they are now, whether you want to admit it or not. Yeah, and he I, he said that in an interview with I forgot who, but um, yeah, I mean it was it was a shocker seeing Melo say that, but you know, I understand where he was coming from. And then after that, so Melo says that, and then we have a Knicks insider says New York quote got rid of the softies end quote with Barrett quickly and Toppin. So I think this was a source in the front office that I, I think was was this taken out of context too? Because it says Nick's insider says New York got rid of the softies with Barrett quickly and Toppin. So when you hear that, you're like, damn, like we're really starting we're really starting to hear some shots fired at, at the at the young crew at Barrett quickly Toppin. Don't understand why quickly's throwing getting some jabs. Barrett, if you want to call him a softy, like I was there in those in, in those playoff games where he was dominating the Cleveland. So I don't know where softy is coming from. I mean, yeah. why go there? Like why? Like that's just yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get that that whole softy yeah. thing. And then I mean, that's the the last thing I think about when it comes to quickly when it comes to R.J. Barrett. You know. Even Toppin, per se. Look, Toppin was just stuck behind Julius Randle. He wanted yeah. his time. He, he he didn't get it. And does that make him soft, per se? I mean, no. Quickly, again, another guy who works hard, got better every year, became a defensive menace. Again, I don't think you can I, – I, I don't – you just I don't think you can be the soft that soft when you're playing with the Knicks, you know. Same thing with RJ Barrett. Always mentally tough. That's one thing about RJ I love the most, you know. It just it never seemed like too much like anything really got to him too much, yeah. you know. He could <laughs> like like 
he can go two for nine in the next game. You know, he can go, you know, he can have a, a, a two for nine better in the next game. game. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think softy is a bit too much. I think, you know, again, I, I hate it. Guys, guys get traded and then everybody comes out the woodwork throwing jabs left and right. So I don't like it. I don't like it, but. You know what? What could it be? What What are your thoughts? What could it be that like, out, of, out of a sudden, you know, these guys are getting you know hit left and right? To me, what good can come out of this? Like, let's say RJ quickly, they're probably on social media and they see this. What good can come out of it? You know, I don't. I look. I haven't read the full article, so maybe it's been taken out of context as well. But calling those guys saying the New York Knicks got rid of softies, you know, hey, I mean. I just feel like now that they're gone, people want to throw jabs at them and whatnot. But, um, yeah, you had the mellow thing and then you had the Barrett thing and then quickly calling them softies. So it was a little bit – I was like, damn, like people really want to throw jabs at them. But I didn't really feel, like, too comfortable, like, kind of commenting on it because I don't – we don't know them personally, you know? So yeah. – And that's the thing. We don't know them personally. So – that's not why, you know, I'm not thinking it's like a personal attack per se. Maybe it was something, you know, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't fit in my opinion. That that take doesn't fit for me. Yeah. Just think it was kind of old, uncalled for. Um, All righty. So Pokemon Cash is hot and cold too often. It's facts. Melo knows third pick in the draft. RJ. Yeah. RJ, look, we, we set our piece about RJ. Hope he does good in, uh, in uh toronto and he's been playing well as 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 well as emmanuel quickly all right 49 people in here let's go back to this trade that i brought up if you guys haven't seen it so we came in here thinking about a trade sending Dejounte murray to the new york knicks the hawks would get fournier grimes 2025 first round pick 2024 detroit heavily protected first round pick and the new york knicks would get Dejounte murray that would give us a lineup of brunson murray uh og randall hartenstein so that would essentially make us a very deep team and a very good team obviously Thibodeau will have his hands full and staggering everybody but i feel like it could work murray's name has been in rumors so we'll see if whatever transpires here or whatnot chris said he'll do this trade i'll do this trade people in the chat said you know they'll do this trade as well but um yeah seems like everyone's open to a murray situation whether you want murray Brogdon or whether you want the New York Knicks to just keep a Miles McBride and have him you know show us what he has in his bag because he's been playing really well shooting I think 50% from three that's not going to be sustainable but whenever he's shooting it it is going in the basket um all right guys any any Chris anything else you wanted to touch on tonight um, yeah, I kind of want to go back to Jalen Brunson and being yeah. questionable for him for Monday, man. Um, yeah. look, it seems like he's banged up a bit. You know, Deuce had, like you just said, Deuce McBride's been stepping up, had a, had a nice game against Memphis. What do you do? Are you resting Jalen Brunson on Monday? Rolling with Deuce? Or if Brunson says, hey, I'm banged up, but I'm good to go. Do you run him out there? Um, it depends on obviously it depends on how bad this hamstring injury for Brunson is. If it's like if it's still bothering him, just rest him because we need him for the long haul. We need him for the stretch run. We need him for the playoffs, obviously. But if it's bad, just just rest him. But I do think he'll be out there. 
um, because this is a, I want I don't want to say a big game, but the Magic punk punched us in the mouth in Orlando, so kind of want to get them back. You know, we got a new squad. Kind of want to get them back because down in Orlando it was ugly, <laughs> to yeah, say the least. I, I I agree. I w- would love to get the game back against Orlando, but I'd also play pretty safe for Jalen yeah. Brunson, man. Um, you know. I know Brunson's still still producing at a high level, but you know I've said this before. He looks a little bit tired out there. Yeah. If it were up to me, I'd give him a little bit of extra rest, and you know, let's see, uh, let's give Deuce another shot. Part two of Deuce in the starting lineup. Part two of Deuce. Orlando's a good team, so got to get that done. Take care of home court. How many point guards are you taking over Brunson in the East? We're kind of in the deep end of the podcast, guys. So this is where we kind of go off the rails and just. Talk about whatever. How many point guards you taking over him? You taking Halley over him? Just no, overall. Just in the East. Just in the East. Hmm. I mean, I think he's top three, right? I mean, yeah. The thing is, I I was really thinking that uh, you know, Dame Lillard was gonna be up there, but he hasn't been having the same type of seasons that we're used oh. to seeing him. Um, oh. I mean, Halliburton is great. I still have. I still don't like putting him over Jalen Brunson, though. <laughs> I know. I kind of. I know we're biased. We're Knicks fans. Um, we are. We are biased. We are. Look, he's Halliburton is. He's awesome, man. Yeah, Halliburton. Yes, get him. But, um, I mean, yeah. I guess. Look, I guess, man. Do you want me to name them? So you have you, you have Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell. Okay, these are the point guards that are in front of Jalen Brunson in the All Star standings. The all-star voting. Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, number four. Damian Lillard, number three. Trey Young, number two. Tyrese Halliburton, number Tyrese Halliburton has 2.1 million votes. Wow. Go out and vote, please, Knicks fans. Those of you in the <laughs> chat, I've been voting. So I'm, I'm sure Knicks fans have been voting as well. We already spoke about how the Knicks take slings and arrows on the media. So they're not really that popular. That's why they probably don't get as much votes as other guys like Halliburton, where you see promoted everywhere, and he's also a great player. Don't get me wrong, but so I mean, just out of that that group, I'd have to. I guess I'd have to say Halliburton one and and Brunson two. But I mean, I really have those two kind of tied, in my opinion. You know, then uh, you know, then maybe uh, I guess Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Trey Young. After that. You know, I think Brunson's up there, man, in my opinion. Yeah, Kareem, what's going on in the chat? Salute, salute to you as well. Just chopping it up here. We're kind of, you know, towards the end of the pod. We're kind of just talking about what point guard you would take over, how many point guards you would take over Jalen Brunson. Look, I would take, I think he's better than Lillard this year. I would take him over Mitchell just based on the fact that, look, Mitchell's probably having a better year statistically, but just based on the fact that Brunson owns Mitchell in the playoffs. Oh, I was, was going to say, always, always, I mean, always comes. So, and then the fact that Jalen Brunson hunts him, that's that's the even funnier part about it. I know. But exactly. And my I bad. Would, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. And I would take him over Lillard. Lillard's having okay year, but Trey Young's actually having a better year statistically, but I would take Brunson over Trey Young. So, yeah. I mean, one, two, I would take Brunson. I think one, I would take over Brunson. 
and that would be Halle Burton right now. Yeah. And the voting, if you look at the voting, you don't see that. You see Brunson all the way down at six, and you see Halle Burton at one. Where's Randall? Eight? I think it was eight the last time I, I had checked. Yeah, Julius Randall was eight. 361,000 votes, eighth in the front court. Do you think Brunson and Randall can get in? Both? I know Brunson's a lot. I, I, I hope I hope Brunson gets in, but to be honest, I I feel Julius just he deserves it just as much. I mean, yeah. I feel like again with all you know, I guess the Knicks, just the just the media with the Knicks in general, like you know, there's always a bad light on Julius, and I think that kind of affects him when it comes to the All Star voting. So, but he's played great, man. He's played at an All NBA level, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, after that slow start, he, I, I think they both should be in the All Star game. Whether they'll be starters, that's a different, that's a different story. But could I see them getting in as reserves? Yeah. And to be honest, Jalen Brunson should be an All Star game starter. I think he, I think he could get there because you would start Halliburton and then the two guard is up in the air. I think. Who picks it? Yeah. He's he's gonna need a lot more a lot more votes, that's for sure. Um I think, I think he can... uh, right now it'd go to who? Uh, Trey Young would get that second no. uh... I think the fan no. the fan votes the starters, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure how that works. But um but yeah, Brunson I think is a lock. Randall, I do believe is up in the air for in terms of all star, but if you look at his numbers, he should be an all star. So we should just be. have to have to wait and see about that. But go out and vote for the guys. Get Jalen Brunson to that. Damn, he, I mean, Hatley Burn has like triple the amount of votes, which is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Damn, man, he's getting like 20 assist games, you know. Like, yeah. look, he's he's a young up-and-coming. He's a, he's up-and-coming star, man. This, <laughs> I hate to say it, but uh, Wally was wrong, right? Wally Serbiak, you know. <laughs> Wally, Wally, Wally. Pokemon says sending <laughs> Pokemon in the chat says sending Jew Evan Fournier Grimes to Atlanta for DeJounte Murray, Sadiq Bay, Clint. Money works kind of crazy. The Knicks are not doing that, Pokemon. That's I, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's you're sending Julius Randle Fournier Grimes to Atlanta for Murray Bay. That made our team worse, in my opinion. But yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I'm not trading Julius Randle. I mean, look, I, I I already know what to expect out of Julius. He's he's had a, you know, he has that again that that just that bad, you know. <laughs> well, like like Parrish says in the in the chat here, Julius has a bad light on him because of games <laughs> like last night. He can't handle the pressure. I don't think it's about handling the pressure. I just think you know Julius plays with a lot of passion, and it gets confused with you know just being a baby or moping around, but he said it like he's, especially this season, he's been trying to keep himself in check. You know, he kind of talks himself a bit, tries to calm himself down. Yeah. You know, this guy is just leaving it all in the court, whether it looks good or bad, you know? Um, look at this point, I know what I'm getting from Julius. You know, he's either having a great game or he's having a not so great game, but I'm keeping him at this point, man. There's not that many, at his position producing the way he does. And that's just the facts. Parrish, I understand your frustration. Like versus the Memphis game, I was I was like, wow, 
There was a there was a time where he threw a corner pass to Grimes and Grimes was covered and Randall just threw a pass to him and it got stolen. I'm like, I tweeted on the Knicks Nation page on on, on X. I, I tweeted a video about it, but yeah, yesterday was a bad game. And shout out to Randall, he admitted it. He said he played like crap. So I guess that's a good thing. But um, Randall, I mean, this is going to be a very important playoffs for Julius Randall because. If he doesn't perform again, you know, then you think the woodworks are out already, then it'll start to get really loud. So that's yeah. that's gonna be the key in my opinion, really. Yeah. Um that's that's kind of what Julius has to get off his back. Yeah, you know, he, exactly. he did he did have a game or two where he was really, you know, he was the normal Julius Rand that we've all grown accustomed to in the playoffs, but after that it was just like a shell of himself. So yeah, that's one thing that I, I do want to see come playoff time. I want to see regular season Julius Randle show up, you know, again, I know playoffs are different, you know, it's just a different game altogether, but mm-hmm. you know, Julius, he has to get it going when it comes to the playoffs, man. And look, he did look, he did have a big rebound versus Cleveland. You know, if you guys remember, then he got hurt again. And, yeah. you know, he was playing well against them. Miami kind of took everyone out there, their game. So, yeah, you just have to wait and see, you know, which is why I think we need another playmaker in here. Take the pressure off the guys because when we've seen Brunson and Randall not have it, and when Brunson comes off the court, it's looking clunky. Like, the offense yeah. is looking clunky. It's not looking like Knicks basketball. The ball's not moving. So, we need, you know, we need another guy in here because – to play make to get everyone involved pick your spots all right you go there you go there i'll do this dribble dribble shoot we need somebody else in there because we can't have brunson play 48 minutes like he did last <laughs> last playoffs that's for sure yeah that's that's a hundred percent we need yeah. somebody in there that's a shot maker a little bit of a, a playmaker you know we gotta replace those quickly minutes man you know quickly was a big piece of this team and, um, yeah. you know, he's showing it in Toronto, but look, Nick's got to go out, make a move. I love what Deuce is doing, but we got to make a move. We got to, we got to get strong, a stronger bench. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Malcolm McBride playing well. Shout out to Isaiah Blockenstein has been playing well. Shout out to every single one of you in the chat joined us tonight talking about the New York Knicks. Don't forget if don't forget to hit up our discord. We are live on discord. Now link is in the description, but This has been a great episode, another episode in the books, episode 31 of the Knicks Nation podcast. Got to get it done at home. Got to get some home cooking. Hopefully Brunson can, you know, play tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. But hopefully he can get healthy. If not, Miles McBride, step up. And he has stepped up. And uh, we just have to wait and see who the Knicks, if they acquire anyone, if they stay pat. Time is ticking. Clock is ticking. But, um, yeah, appreciate every single one of you in the chat. Let's go, Knicks. I'm Anthony. That is Chris. As always, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening. Please hit that follow button to stay updated with our latest episodes. And we also greatly appreciate those five-star reviews. For you video enthusiasts out there, head over to our YouTube channel to catch the podcast in video form. YouTube.com slash Nation. You'll find all the relevant links conveniently listed in the show notes below. See you next time.